0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Owen with the Get Some Podcast. As you can see, it is a great weekend. This was a great week to be a Bengals fan. We got the number one pick. We didn't blow it. Uh, I got my what is this? The half Ryan Fitzpatrick, half Deshaun Jackson. I don't really have chest hair like that. Bengals. I'm sipping out of my Bengals cup. Let's just hope Joe Burrow isn't Achilles Smith, a white version. That's all I'm hoping for. Uh, I. I tell you, I watched the first round, and, and I'm, I'm disclaimer ahead of time. This is going to be an NFL heavy podcast. We're going to make it so the women that watch this will understand, but we're going to go. We're pulling back the door a little bit with my guests this week. But uh, I'm watching the draft. And here's my two favorite moments of the first round th- from Thursday night. One, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. He's on the phone with the Cowboys. I'm assuming it's his girlfriend sitting next to him. The girlfriend looks down, grabs the other phone, and tries to look at the text message. And C.D. flawlessly went, not today. <laughs> and took the phone from his girlfriend. I'm assuming it's his girlfriend. Uh, I just want to know what was on the text. Was it the another girl saying "Congratulations, baby, (laughs) Dallas Cowboys"? And okay, watch. All you got to do, go to YouTube, Google CD Lamb draft pick. It's going to be on there. And then notice how CD grabs the phone from the girl. Bigger thing that a lot of people miss. Look at how CD's mother gave the girl the side eye. The mother literally looked at her like. You better play your position if you want to be coming to Dallas. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it was I saw something on um something on Twitter or something and they said uh that's an iPhone, not a Wii phone. <laughs> that one was good. And uh Isaiah Wilson got drafted and watch how he gets drafted. He's an offensive lineman. Uh later on I think it was the 29th pick and this white girl, I'm just, I, it could have been his girlfriend. I don't know who she was. She smothers him like in the hug. So you don't even see him. And then literally his mom gets behind her and lifts her up and moves her out of the picture. Like, and the, what's funny was the girlfriend was fighting it. She's like, nah, nah, nah. She was sitting there like this. And the mom was like, no, no, no. This is my son's day. And moved her out. And you can see the mom's like hand doing this, like scolding her, like get out of the way. Uh, so look up. CeeDee Lamb and Isaiah Wilson was my two favorite draft moments outside of Joe Burrow getting picked by the Cincinnati Bengals because what, this is what I took out of Joe Burrow getting picked. I'm always one, especially, especially a quarterback. You want your quarterback to be the, the quote-unquote the, the nerd in the room. He should be the smartest guy in the room. Joe Burrow had his mom and dad, and that's it. Nobody else. He didn't have a big entourage. He didn't have the crew over. He didn't have his boys. He had his mom and dad and Joe Burrow. And I go, we might have, we might have made the right pick, because it always worries me when there's 40 people in the room. If it's a quarterback, a running back, wide receiver, anybody on defense, I don't care about that. But a quarterback, I don't want him to have a big entourage. I want him to be like Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. I want to pull him pulling up in a minivan. Or a Chevy Cavalier. I don't want him buying a Bentley or uh, any, any kind of $100,000 car as soon as he gets drafted. Now, running back wide receivers, I don't care. But my quarterback, I almost want him to be a geek. So the fact that Joe Burrow just had his mom and dad, I was like, all right, social distancing, he's doing it, blah, 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 he's good. And it, it, the, the, the crazy, okay, right before the draft, something kind of crazy happened to me, too, was my agent called. And they're opening up Texas and Georgia amongst some other states. They're slowly opening them up. And uh, so he, my agent asked me, am I ready to go back to work in May? Like late May, did I want to go in Texas or Georgia? And as much as I do want to go back to work, I said, man, I got to pass. I'm not ready yet. I can't do that. I said, I'll, I'll call me like mid-June. I don't want to be the first comedian back in the comedy clubs and then getting protested and I just think it's not a good look to be the first ones back. Plus, when comedy clubs open up, they should just be open up with locals because it's one thing to be going to a comedy club, drawing a crowd. It's a whole nother thing to get on a plane and fly there and then fly back and then I don't know. Do I got to quarantine for 14 days when I get back to the house? I don't know. So I completely passed on all... So basically... I'm gonna stay unemployed until mid June, is what I told my uh, my agent. But it's funny because your agents they'll they'll sit there and be like, "You sure?" <laughs> and I guess how I guess how the comedy clubs are gonna work now is they're gonna have to space the tables out. So if a club holds five, let's say a club holds 500 people, be lucky to get 250 people in there. And then I I talked to a friend of mine who runs uh he's the entertainment director of a a, a lot of the um the Caesars Casinos, and he said how they're going to do it, at least in Mississippi, is if you, have, if you play blackjack and you have two blackjack tables, and there's, so there's five seats at every blackjack table, it's going to be every other table and every other chair. So basically, if there's two blackjack tables next to each other normally, so there, there could be 10 people playing blackjack, there's three. Because one table's you're not doing it, and then the other table's gonna have every other chair, so three. So they're, I don't know. You really got to be an addicted gambler, because you're gonna probably have to wear a mask and gloves. I don't think there's I don't think there's a dirtier place than a casino, than to uh, than, uh, to practice social distancing. I mean, I don't think there's a dirtier place. I saw the interview where the uh, the mayor of Vegas was trying to open up, and I was like, whoa i don 't know how much she had to drink, but she's not she 's not all there uh, so listen i uh I have two teenage kids I got a boy and a girl now my my daughter she 's met a lot of actors, actresses, athletes, not impressed now she 's at an age where Anytime uh, she listens to a song, or I hear something, she will ask me, "Do I know this rapper? Do I know this rapper?" And normally it's rappers in their early twenties, mid twenties. I don't, I don't understand half the rappers these days, especially the mumble rap. I, I can't get it. I don't. I, I don't. I can't tell you one future lyric to save my life. Uh, not saying I don't enjoy it. I just don't know what they're saying. Uh, so I'm gonna. I, I really wanna like stay up to date with what my daughter's listening to. So I think every week I'm just going to pull a random rap song, a popular one, and I'm going to read the lyrics. Not the hook. Everybody knows the hook. I'm going to go for what they're really saying in between the hooks. And you know what? I'm just going to read it. And I'm just trying to figure out what was the goal of this verse. Uh, so I think the, one of the biggest songs right now is Tussie Roll. By Drake. Now, not Tootsie. There's no, there's no two T's in it. It's just one T. Tootsie. T o o s i e. Tootsie roll. I don't know if it's. There's no T in Canada. I don't know. But we all know the we all know the lyric. Left foot slide, right foot. We get it. We got it. So, I I, I mean, I even saw like I think I saw the NFL commissioner doing it uh, at the draft. I think I saw that the other night. So. Okay, I'm just gonna read the lyrics here. Don't you wanna dance with me? No. I could dance like Michael Jackson, I could give you thug passion. It's a thriller and the trap where are we from. Baby, don't you wanna dance with me? No. I could dance like Michael Jackson. I could give you satisfaction. And you know we out here every day with it. I'm gonna show you how to get it. What? I have no idea what what the fuck was the goal. You don't, you don't. Is this song trying to get a girl or a teenage boy? That's what I'm trying to figure out with the Michael Jackson hook, because it sounds like you're trying to entice somebody to come over. So we all know Michael Jackson. I mean, you could have easily flipped Michael Jackson and put Prince. Now, okay, we put Prince in that. Look, listen to this. Don't you want to dance with me? No. I could dance like Prince. I could give you thug passion. Even though it don't rhyme, it don't really matter. Still sounds better. I could dance like Prince. Prince could dance. I could give you passion. It's a thriller. No, no, no. It's a purple rain in the trap. Where are we from? Baby, don't you want to dance with me? No. I could dance like Prince. I could give you satisfaction. You're still kind of rhyming. You just got to, you got to, substitute Michael Jackson with Prince or even, you know what? Why don't you put um, Janet Jackson? Boom! Okay, now listen. Don't you want to dance with me? No. I could dance like Janet Jackson. I could give you thug passion. It's the thriller in the trap. That's her brother. Still makes sense. Where are we from? Baby, don't you want to dance with me? No. I could dance like Janet Jackson. I could give you satisfaction. And you know we out here every day with it. I'm going to show you how to get it. One word changes that whole song. Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson. I'm just saying, I, it, it just it sounds wrong when you say you're trying to bring somebody over like Michael Jackson. Because whatever you think about Michael Jackson, you never thought of him as a ladies' man, so to speak. So I don't know what Drake's goal was with that song, Tootsie Slide. Next week, I'm going to do a future song. Since I don't know any of his lyrics... I'm going to go with future next week. And I still don't know what a tootsie is. I'm going to have to look that up. I know what, I, I really thought it was a tootsie slide. And then somebody had to tell me, no, my daughter had to correct me. She goes, nah, dad, is tootsie. I said, yeah, that's what I said. I said tootsie. She goes, no, tootsie. I said, that's what I said, tootsie. She said, tootsie. I don't know what a tootsie is. <laughs> somebody help me out. When this airs in the comment section, somebody tell me what a tootsie is. I don't know. Let me let me tell you my first, first time I heard of Drake, uh speaking of Drake, was I was shooting, I was shooting Little Man up in Canada. Uh we was uh we was uh in um Vancouver and I used to watch Degrassi Junior High a long time ago. It was on PBS, a lot of people don't know. That. It was on public, it was on public broadcasting system. And I could never figure out when I used to watch Degrassi Junior High and and Uh, It was in Canada. I couldn't figure out, like, the kids, they look American, they sound American, but something's not right. Like, just little things they did, a little accent or a twang in their voice. I go, I know it's not the United States, but I know it's not Europe. And it took me forever to figure out Degrassi was a Canadian, basically, like, version of 90210 before 90210. And I knew the whole song. Come on, give us a try at Degrassi Jr. High. So then I used to watch that when I was younger. Then I get Little Man up in uh, Vancouver. And then Degrassi's just on. Now it's like Degrassi. It's like high school. I I think they dropped the high school. It's just Degrassi. And Drake was in a wheelchair. And he was like this kid in a wheelchair just running around uh, on the show. And then literally, it's one of those things. Then I saw like a music video and he was in one of his first songs. And I I kept looking again like, why do I know that dude? I know that. I, I thought... He was like a comedian, or I ran into him in LA somewhere. And then it just before anybody even told me, it just clicked. I go, oh, snap. That's the dude from the De- Degrassi in the wheelchair. And my dumbass, I really thought he was paralyzed. When I used to watch that show, I thought they cast it pa- that's the thing. Think about Drake getting casted and Degrassi. And I know there was kids in wheelchairs all over Canada going, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> they give us one role with a kid in a wheelchair and they hire somebody that's not even paralyzed. I guarantee you there were some kids in wheelchairs that audition for that part like, really? You hire somebody that can walk? Are you shitting me right now? <laughs> Now, listen, I'm going to get back to football because my guests are going to come on in a few minutes. But I don't want to forget, just because the Cincinnati Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, I don't want to see a bunch of people out here bashing Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, he did his thing. I, there was more good moments than bad moments than Andy Dalton. I'll put it that way. And I'll tell you, my favorite game of Andy Dalton's was in 2015. The Bengals are playing the Seattle Seahawks. I was in Houston, Texas. I'm at some sports bar watching the game. And uh, the Bengals are losing. They're getting their ass kicked most of the game. And right before kickoff, Ken Griffey Jr. texts me and said, you want to bet dinner on the game? Now keep in mind, everybody thought the Seahawks was winning that game. Everybody thought the Seahawks was winning that game. And, <laughs> and then... Uh, so I think Ken thought he had an easy dinner and then, uh, the Seahawks got the big lead and then all of a sudden the Bengals start coming back and then they end up winning the game. They literally, they scored like 20 some points in the fourth quarter. And, uh, I remember I bought shots for everybody in the bar. I literally, it cost me about $700 that game. And Ken still hasn't, uh, got me that dinner yet. He still hasn't taken me out to eat from that game five years ago. I didn't forget about that. But just the fact that it was the Seahawks, they were coming off, not the win, but they were coming off losing to the, the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And that 2015 year, that was our year. That was our year if Andy don't get hurt. I swear to God. That and the 2005 Bengals and the 2015 Bengals. Now, the 2005 Bengals, let me tell you a funny story about that team. Uh... They go to the playoffs. They play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the um, first round. And I'm I'm in Kansas City. I'm in my hotel room. And Carson Palmer throws this lob to Chris Henry. Now, Chris Henry catches the ball, and I'm going, yes! And then I see Carson down on the field, and I went, fuck! Fuck! I started throwing, like, pillows and screaming at the TV, right? I'm cussing out Kimo Von Ohlhofen, the guy that hurt Carson and everything. The cops came to my hotel room with hotel security because they thought I was beating a woman in my room. Like, literally, I get a knock on the door. I'm screaming because, you know, I'm yelling, you fucking bitch, god damn it, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I get a knock on my hotel door and the cops are like, "Uh, where's the girl? Where's the girl? I go, excuse me? And he's like, where's the girl? I said, what are you talking about? They go, they, somebody on my floor reported they heard a woman scream and a man yell, you fucking bitch. And they said there was shit thrown around. I was like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm watching the game. So the cops came and searched my room with hotel security when they realized it was just me. And I was watching the Bengals Steeler game. That's when they realized, oh, snap. <laughs> And then everybody just started laughing in the room. I said, I'm sorry, guys, I'm a little passionate. And so with that, that leads me to my guest this week. This one's, uh, this one's personal. It goes way back with this guy. Uh, I literally, I'm there, I thought my name was easy, Gary Owen, but people always want to put an S on my name, and it bothers me. I can't imagine what this guy's gone through in his life. I guarantee you, he struggled. I would love to see video of his kindergarten and first grade teacher Trying to pronounce his name the first day of school because you go down the roll call list. But uh, this week's guest, old friend of mine. I think I met him in 2003 or four. Uh, from the middle of nowhere in California, up to Oregon State, came down to Cincinnati, spent like two weeks in Seattle playing for the Seahawks, ended up with Baltimore, and now he's a, a Fox Sports analyst, and he's also training uh all these incoming nfl uh prospects uh my whole boy tj Huspinzada is this week's guest on the Get Some podcast what's up tj gary man what's going on brother so obviously you know i'm excited
1: yeah of course i already knew
0: that got the first pick and i i texted you like before the Bengals <laughs> picked burrow and i said dude what are you hearing is he the real deal because <laughs> you worked out with him, right?
1: Yeah, he uh, he came out here and trained. He was training with Jordan Palmer and the receivers that I was working with. So we would throw almost every day, three, four days a week. Uh, but I was working out with him realistic in the weight room. Like After they would get done with the field, I would just go in the weight room. And uh, those young kids, they got me back to working out, and Joe was one of them.
0: And okay, so now they got him. Was it a good pick?
1: Oh yeah, like, <laughs> and you know me, I'ma keep it a hundred. The first week or so with Joe, it was, it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm drafting him number one. Oh, for and, real? Yeah, I mean, and, and he would—he hadn't thrown a ball in. I believe he said it was like three weeks. He messed his rib up in the national championship game, but then after that. He was money. When when I tell you, this is how you know a quarterback is good. We're out there with Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Kyle Allen. They were turning around like, God, this dude is so accurate. And and that's, to me, what stuck out was he didn't throw any ball that was here. Everything was right here. And the last week before the coronavirus, um, it was raining every day. And we were out in the rain. And he was still throwing everything on the money I had had John Ross come out there. Ross was catching the ball from him. Um, I'm like, Joe, please overthrow him. He would, he he couldn't, Ross couldn't outrun his arm. And mm. anybody know Ross, when he started running, if he went outrun your arm, it's over. He couldn't yeah.
0: do it. Yeah. Oh, man, he got me excited now.
1: <laughs> nah, joke can play, man. It's his mentality, though, man. Like, his mentality, some people might say it's cocky, but the dude has that belief in himself, man. It's like, you seen the interview the other day when he was like oh yeah i can score 12 to 15 points in the nba and he wasn't joking he was dead serious like yeah. he just really believes in himself so i'm with you man i the Bengals. i i said it uh before all of this. i believe it was at the super bowl and prior to that if carson couldn't turn it around i didn't think anyone could but uh yeah i think i'm gonna have to eat those words man i I truly believe Joe's going to turn that thing around. I mean, you got to start somewhere. You look at—you go back in time. It was before I was born. Before the Steelers got yeah. Terry Bradshaw, they were trash. They were trash. Yeah. They hadn't had won a playoff game in 30 years. And then Terry Bradshaw comes, they win four Super Bowls. And so it I has mean, to look, start somewhere.
0: But look, I, I always—there's um, no position other than quarterback that can literally change the way perception of of the way people think of a team— a la, you said Terry Bradshaw. I was thinking Peyton Manning before he got oh. to the Colts. Colts yeah. were terrible every year. That was laughing stock. Then he got there. And somewhat drew breeze in New Orleans. New Orleans was always terrible. Then he got there. Now nobody wants to play him. So, you know, you never can tell. I just, I'm cautiously optimistic because I've had my heart broken so many times by the Bengals. <laughs> now, I will say... This is how far me and T.J. go back. He, he messed my son up like an NFL football <laughs> because when T.J. played for the Bengals, him and, I believe, Delta O'Neill, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys split yeah. a suite. You went 50-50 yeah. on a suite where your families yeah. could sit. And you'd always, if I called and I was in town, you'd always let me uh, two tickets to come to the game and let me sit in the suite. And I remember one time I called you, And I just wanted to say hi, because I go, dude, I feel like every time I call you, I'm asking for tickets. (laughs) I said, so I'm just calling to say hello. (laughs) So you don't think that's the only reason I call?
1: (laughs) Man, when you split the tickets, if I'm not mistaken, back then, it was 20 tickets per suite. I got 10, Delta got 10. At the time, I have a wife, a daughter, a daughter. I'm like, what am I going to do with seven other tickets? I paid for them. And so, shit, you could have called me. Every Saturday, hey, I need two tickets. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not one of them new, man. Gary only call me when he wants something. How I many yeah. you need, bro? You good. Yeah, it wasn't no thing.
0: <laughs> well, I, I get it a lot. I get people that don't call me at all until I come to town. Then they want tickets. I'm like, dude, you've never checked up on my well being one time. You have never just said, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's just, hey, man,
1: can I get some tickets? But you so know I'm what's there. funny about that is I don't know if it was you, but it probably was you. Um, I was watching a comedy show, right? And th- and that's why the last time I called you, I didn't want you to give me tickets. I remember mm-hmm. it was you or the comedian. I don't know who it was, but I think it was you. It was like, hey, all you motherfuckers calling me, asking me for tickets. I hope you guys know us comics. We get paid from ticket sales. And so... Yeah. Don't call me asking me for tickets. So if that was you or another comic, whoever it was, I was like, oh, yeah, next time I call Gary, I'm going to just let him know. I'll buy my tickets. Yeah.
0: No, no. Um, but it's, it's honestly, it's, it's a way now that I'm able to pay you back. Because you being a fan of comedy and me being such a football fan, I mean, you left me tickets for two, three seasons uh, anything wanted to go. And so now I was like, Dude, T- I, I, and I told Kenny, I go, uh, TJ ain't never gonna buy a ticket. All them games I went to? <laughs> Especially
1: the hey, 2005 so your, season? <laughs> so now your son is spoiled. He don't want to sit in the stands. If it's not a suite, he ain't going.
0: Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you where you messed him up. So 2005, we always sat in a, the the suite, right? So... One game, and I didn't know you only had three tickets. Or I would ask. One game, I needed like six tickets. So I was like, I'm not calling TJ for six tickets. So uh, you guys are playing the Cardinals, and Edger and James was on the Cardinals. So I called Edge, because I knew Edge, <laughs> he's so hood, he didn't give a shit. He was like, so I said, hey, Edge, because uh, hey, he's already asked me for numerous comedy show tickets. He said, yeah, gee, I got you. This is what I did not know. I didn't know the road team's tickets were so far oh, up in yes. the corner. So we, I take my son. I got both my boys, both my sons, and then my cousin, and I had friends in town. So we just kept going higher. And higher in the stadium, and my son literally, when we sat down, he goes, "Hey, where are we going inside?" I go, "Oh no, 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 we're not, we're not going inside this game. We oh, didn't, we didn't get the man. suite." No, he was, he was, he was young. So my son was six or seven at the time. He went, oh, oh, he starts steaming. He goes, oh, "I'm rooting for the Cardinals." <laughs> Just like don't realize. Don't I was realize, gonna realize, me. Man,
1: <laughs> when you play on the road, they give you the nosebleeds, and the crazy thing about it is, it's the same price. As the regular tickets, that's what people. Oh, let me get tickets when you're on the road. You're like you're gonna be up top, so you might want to go another route with this one, bro. Like, yeah, I never, I
0: never asked for road tickets. Same
1: price. Hey, what's wrong with your boy, uh, the comedian you had on, Lil Rel? I can't believe he said what he said about Brady. What?
0: Oh, last week when he said Tom Brady's overrated.
1: What? Oh Uh, my God! I think that might have affected him long term. Yo. He really believes wow. that. No, it's, I, I couldn't believe he said he. the system made him. Man, Tom Brady is the system. Exactly. Wow. wow, I couldn't believe he said that. And he said it with a straight face, but you know how you comedians are. I, I didn't know if he was yeah. serious or not. No,
0: nah, he de- he was dead serious because he said it on first take. He went on ESPN first take and said it to Stephen A. Smith, and then he came on the podcast last week, and I did, I forgot wow. he said that. So it took me back, and I went... Are you serious? You don't win. Wow. F- what's he got? Five rings. He got five rings, six. right? Six. Six. He got six rings and been to two more.
1: He's going not- e- to eat those words, man. He's going to eat those words this year. But I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, my go
0: God. It. Oh, my God. Tampa. I, I'm just waiting. Look, Gronk already came out of retirement. I'm waiting for Luke Cookley. To come out next.
1: <laughs> he could get all these guys that didn't think they had anything left. <laughs> I, I probably know, got one more Luke year Keekly, in me. Luke Kuechly, man, when he had that last concussion and he started crying, that scared me, man. I'm like, man, he knew yeah. right away. He lit, like, you don't see a grown man on the football field just cry. He got that concussion yeah. and he started crying. I'm like, oh, something wrong with him. He's he not the biggest dude either. I mean, he's barely yeah. bigger than me. But, nah, Luke Kuechly, he done. I, please, he, he got to be done. You don't yeah. even get well, I added. think,
0: and I think he, uh, he's such a intellectual dude. I'm sure he's reading up on all the, the, the CTEs and everything else. So he's probably like, oh my God, I'm on my way. And I'm 26 years old. That's probably he what he was going through boy. his brain.
1: He is Cincinnati yeah.
0: boy, huh? Yup, St. X. I know all the Cincinnati people. Yeah. Now, what, what was your, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. You don't, you didn't have a high school diploma, did you?
1: No, nah, I didn't graduate from high school. No, not at all.
0: So how do you, how do you not graduate from high school, and then end up in the NFL?
1: Man, Gary, my story, man, is uh, I, I, it's kind of crazy, man. Like people that I grew up with, and then um, really, I'm pretty much the dudes I chill with are guys that uh, I grew up with. I mean, from the time we were six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. But anyway, and where were you living? I was in. I was in Barstow. My mom, Barstow, in, man. My mom lived in L.A. My grandmother lived in Barstow, and so it was a lot of back and forth. Um, mama was on crack. She was an alcoholic, and so mainly with my grandmother, majority of the time. Um, moved to Texas for a brief period. Moved to Oklahoma City for a brief period. Um, and in between those moves, just. Like, if your mama cracked and she alcoholic, I wasn't going to school. I was probably 13 when I really got in the streets myself and started doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And when I came back to California, this is when we were in Texas, I came back to California. Um, same thing, I was like, I ain't going to school. And so my senior year, I missed my whole sophomore year. Didn't go. Uh, my senior year, I was a senior but I was a junior academically. So football season was over with, I just said F it. I'm, and that was the first year I played football in my life was my senior year in high school. Never a- at all? No, never played. I played Pop Warner, but I never had a right to practice. So I didn't play. I was on the team, but I didn't play mm-hmm. uh, one year. Um, played my senior year in high school. Obviously I didn't graduate and my best friend who, like I told you, my friends, we've been cool since childhood. He was highly recruited. And so uh, he didn't have the grades to go D1, so he went JUCO. He came down and went to Cerritos College. And I'm like, shit, we together every day. I'm coming with you. What else, what I'm gonna do here? I'm coming with you, we together every day. And so I tagged along. I was a running back in high school. Mm -hmm. So my partner broke his foot. Uh, His backup uh, was a cat from Compton. He got arrested and I was third string. So first game of the season, I started because my partner broke his foot, his backup, got arrested. First play of the game, I bombed I bombed somebody for like seventy touchdown. Coach was just like, oh, we got something. And just the rest so, of the history took off from there. So
0: you you just basically you didn't graduate high school, you just basically rode with your homeboy down to Cerritos College,
1: yeah, which is which
0: right outside of LA. And then yeah. When you got down there, did they make you get a
1: GED? Nah, so this thing, man, people don't realize it. I don't know how it is now. To get into junior college, you don't need a diploma or a GED. I took, I took the assessment test to get into Cerritos College. So once you take that test, if you score high enough, you're admitted into college. And... I would like to think that I'm a smart human being. I just didn't apply yeah. myself early on in life. And so I scored high enough. Midway in my second year, right before my second year started at Cerritos College this summer, uh, the head coach came me and was like, you should uh, get your GED. I think you're gonna have a really good chance of going to college and it just, it will look better. And so I went and got my, took the test, passed it easy and got my GD going into my second year at Cerritos College.
0: And then Oregon State sees you at Cerritos.
1: Yeah, coming out of uh, Cerritos at JUCO, I was uh, I was like the number one junior college player in the country. Um, obviously, it's so many different lists, but on certain lists, I was number one. Other lists, I was three or four. Um, but yeah, I was just really, in JUCO, every ball I caught, it was almost like a touchdown. It was like, I was like the... Uh, I was like the Reggie Bush or the Peter Warrick at junior college, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> did you get? Like every did you Did you get recruited by uh, other schools? Like, oh, yeah, I, I know you went to Oregon I State,
1: had. but Oregon State, Oregon, SC, Arizona State, Arizona. I had offers pretty much. Auburn. I was gonna go to Auburn, really, to be honest with you. Um, I had offers pretty much every school in the country.
0: What made you decide on Oregon State? Cause that's literally in the middle of nowhere.
1: I was going to FC and Dennis Erickson had just got hired at Oregon State and my coach at Cerritos College was like, he's just come from the NFL. The Seahawks had just fired him. Um, I think that would be a good move. They're gonna throw the ball a lot. That's his, That's what he likes to do is throw the ball a lot. And I hadn't known of Dennis Erickson, you know, from him being at being at the U with Miami. And so I was like, all right, I took a trip up there and it was probably was like 15 dudes, bro, no lie, that I played against in JUCO that was also JUCO All-Americans. And we was like, let's just come up here and dominate this shit, man. And like 10, 11 of us, we all signed with Oregon State. And obviously, we did well, beat their ass, like we said we would. And (laughs) quite a few of us made it to the league.
0: Did you guys, uh, sorry, I'm kind of naive. Did you guys, uh, what bowl games did you go to when you was there?
1: we beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl beat the shit out of them I
0: thought that was it but I was like I would not want to
1: overside I mean we was that year I really believe we were the best team in the country man we was the best team in the country did you who'd uh, you
0: lose to that year?
1: uh, we lost to UW we lost to UW 34 to 32 kicker missed like a 35 yard field goal last play of the game to win the game and that's the only game you lost? only game we lost we beat Oregon when they had Joey Harrington as a quarterback I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, uh, Detroit Lions we beat them. Yeah, we, I mean we, blew SC out. They were that was like our coming out party that year. SC was like ranked number eight in the country. We were unranked, and we smashed them, beat the shit out of them. And that was kind of like, oh, Oregon State is for real. But we, that was two thousand season, right? Yeah, I mean we have receivers myself and Chad. Our running back was Ken Simonson, and we had a cat named Patrick McCall that was from Carson, California, transferred from Michigan. Nick Barnett, he played at least 10 years in the league. Dwan Edwards, he played at least 10 years in the league. James Allen played a long time. My partner, Terrell Roberts, made rest of peace. He just got shot and killed up in Richmond, California last year. He played a while in the league. I mean, we had a lot of guys on that defensive side of the ball that played a long time in the NFL.
0: So, but you was like, you was a seventh round pick
1: by that the ain't Bengals. Stupid, stupid. When, oh, when that it, was you uh, Was you expected to go higher? Yeah, man. Gary, like people, like this, this whole perception of me, man, was like, I've been fast my whole life. Like, my everybody know where I'm from. Like, I'm fast, and so I get to the league and they brand me as slow. I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, we come out. I run the 40, I blaze it. I jump 38 inches my vertical. I bench 225, 22 times. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting drafted high. And I, I mm-hmm. literally thought I wasn't gonna get drafted high, but I think it was this perception of me from talking to my college coaches afterwards was the way that I acted, the way I carried myself and the way that I played, um, they just started like I was uncoachable. Like I was just some gangster. That's what they used to uh, tell my coaches. He's just too thugged out. I'm like. I just played with passion.
0: Cause I, I, It's funny you say that because a couple years ago, uh, I read into you, the, was that two years ago, the Bengals were commemorating the 50-year anniversary oh, of the, the franchise, yeah. and I saw yeah. you. And we were up in the suite, and you was calling like the plays out, like kind of like Romo does uh, when he be announcing. But you was doing it in such a, 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 a thug way. You <laughs> was like, hey, this motherfucker about to run an eight. Oh, no, boy, stupid in a cover, two <laughs> But I was like, I wish TJ could announce the game on, like, pay-per-view. So when you get to Cincinnati, uh, what would you first think of the city?
1: You know, j- just how I grew up, man, the environment I grew up in, I knew I'd be fine. It was—being be- in Cincinnati was different because being older now, like, the stoplights and the streets and— the hoods in Cincinnati is really the hood. Like, we from Cal- I'm from California, so our hoods, you wouldn't know it was the hood unless you knew where you were at for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. But when you get downtown Cincinnati, that that's the hood. And, and so me being me, I was fine. I didn't mind it at all. I actually, I, I enjoyed Cincinnati, like going out. I go out by myself, go out with guys on the team, man, see the cats in the hood, the little hood dudes, say what's up to them, chill with them, all that, man. But me personally, uh, I enjoy Cincinnati, man. I liked it a lot. So
0: I just want, because people, this is what people, what kills me. Now that I know a lot of athletes and, and been in this business a lot, people think automatically you're in the NFL, you're set for life financially. Huh. So, so here you yeah. are, seventh round pick. You know what I mean? Nothing's guaranteed. When you get to Cincinnati, does the team put you at an apartment or a hotel?
1: Or is that on you? So this is how it works. This is how it's going to work for uh, all the rookies now. Nothing has changed. Um, normally, next weekend would be the rookie minicamp. But because of what's going on with the coronavirus, obviously that's not the case. Take away this year. Um, you get drafted yesterday, today, tomorrow. The following weekend or two weekends after the draft, you would have a rookie mini camp. You come in, they put you in a hotel. Um, they have a shuttle pick all the players up, take you to the facility, take you back, so forth and so on. You come back for training camp. Now, you stand at a hotel the entire offseason.
0: Is it a nice hotel?
1: It's the, uh, it used to be the Courtyard Marriott... Um, in Covington. They give you your own room, though? You don't have a roommate, do you? No, you have a roommate. Yeah, you have a roommate. Damn! Damn! So it was cool, though. Me and Chad was roommates, so it wasn't a problem. Oh, you had a hotel? Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> There was
0: no, no girls coming in there with Chad?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, you know Chad. You, you know Chad. You know Chad. Hey, TJ, hey. can I
0: get the room for like three hours yeah. real quick? Bruh. <laughs> you like, God damn, Chad again? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Anybody that knows Chad exactly.
0: Yeah. Yep. When I when I lived in Cincy, if if uh, you know, I had my Tuesday nights. Uh, I used to do a Tuesday night comedy spot, and all the players would be there. And uh, that's really where I got to know you guys, honestly. But anytime
1: I saw a girl, I'd be like,
0: "Hey, is Chad coming?"
1: I go, Bruh. "Why?
0: Uh we friends?" I was like, "Okay." <laughs>
1: hey, Chad is one of a kind, man. Like that—that's one thing yeah. that anybody that know. If you know Chad, you talk like that. You like, yeah, you know Chad. That's yeah. When it comes to the women, it ain't nobody like him, bro. At least that I, I, I haven't seen
0: him. I'm not even mad at him. To be early 20s, decent-looking dude, you know, you're kind of the face of the franchise for a couple of years,
1: hey. He enjoyed himself. <laughs> That's, let's right. say that. He, yeah. Right. So, yeah, they'll, they'll put you in a hotel. They pay for it. You come back for training camp, obviously, we all stay in a hotel. Back then, we are going to Georgetown, Kentucky. Now, once training camp is over, you're on your own. They'll They'll have people come in and realtors and look for a house or an apartment or whatever it may be but in the off season the the team pays for everything and they get you to and from um but once training camp is over you on your own but for the most i mean gee if you smart man and you play eight years and you make decent money you you should be straight man if you're not out there blowing your money you should be good
0: yeah i mean that's a that's the problem you know i I think a lot of guys they don't not a lot of people come from that kind of money, NFL money. And then what? Well, the thing I would think is people ain't taking into account the IRS and taxes. And that's why now when I see guys signing for money, I'm always like, okay, you know, he it's signed right. for 10 years, 100 million. I'd be like, but 35 is guaranteed. I go, so he signed for 35 million.
1: He Pretty has to much. earn another 65 because they can cut if you f- quick. If you're smart, then, what, what I did was I tried to live my first three years like I was getting cut every year. And so mm-hmm. my first year this is what I did in Cincinnati. It's, it's the hood nigga excuse my language. I'm sorry. Are um, no, you good? I lived in a <laughs> hotel. On. I lived in Hold a on. hotel. Better get offended, today
0: <laughs> What'd you say on my show? <laughs> I,
1: I, I lived in a hotel my rookie year for free. I stayed on the Marriott. You know, the one at Covington by the water, Bill Street Cafe it used to be right across yeah. from it. Yeah. So I, li- I lived. in that for free my entire rookie season. I didn't pay a dollar. I gave them two game tickets. They let me live for free. Exactly. And so I stayed in there for free. Um, came back the next year, got an apartment. My second year ended. I'm telling my business. Hopefully somebody listens to this and learn. That's plan. My second year was over. You granted. I made league minimum my first two years. I had like 180 grand in the bank after my second year. And I probably only made like 500 and that's before taxes. Mm -hmm. And I I went and bought a house in Chino Hills. Uh, It was the first house I bought and sold it two years later, paid 400 for it, sold it two years later for 880. Mm -hmm. And and so you you just gotta be smart, man. these dudes, man, they want to live great for 10 years, man. I'd rather live good my entire life, and that's what I tell Like, the guys I train, I train them physically, but I try to get them advice, man, so that this money you make now, it lasts you, man. Like, I, I'm set for the rest of my life. My kids is fine, and I made good money, but I ain't got to be out here stunting and showing off that I got this and that as long as I know if uh, I can't get a job, I'm, I'm still good.
0: Right. Now, how does it work? I'm curious about this. When guys get traded, sometimes they get traded midseason. You know, sometimes uh, uh, you get cut in the middle of the year. Yeah. How does that work? Does a team just like, all right, you're not on the team anymore, appreciate it, and you, you got to get yourself home? Or if you get traded midseason, I mean, to, 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 if you have a house, let's say you're in Cincinnati, and for some reason, midseason, they trade you to Dallas. They, are they expecting you to still make the house payments on Cincinnati and sell that yourself, oh. or do they help you?
1: No, you're on your own. Once, 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 okay, prime example. I, I experienced this. So when I left the Bengals and I, and I go to Seattle, it's uh, Final Cuts is on a Saturday. I didn't get cut by the uh, Seahawks. That Monday, because Pete Carroll was a dickhead, they released me on a Monday. It was my kids and my wife were coming out there on Tuesday because school started the following Monday. I get cut, it's like, oh, you guys can't come, stay home in California, go enroll them in school there, And this was a kicker though. They were going to a private school. Tuition was $22,000 each kid. So that's 44, yeah. So that's 44 grand. Gee, they didn't give me my money back. The school didn't? The school didn't give me my money back. Man, when I tell you, if I didn't leave to go to Baltimore the next day, I would have tore that school up. Like I was calling uh, them, cursing them out. Like I was pissed off about that. Give me my $44,000, like.
0: Yeah, let's give the school a shout out. What's it called?
1: It was a. It's in Bell. I don't remember the name of the school. It was in Bellevue, Washington. But my daughter was in the class with one of Bill Gates' kids. And they had security sit outside the classroom in the hallway. And they had a security guard outside by the window sitting there every day. Like you could not even walk in, like straight security. So I knew that classroom was always secure. Wow. Because it was Bill Bill Gates Gates' kid. Yeah, Belle, Bellevue, Washington. And so I can't. when once they, they, they didn't give your me money go, back. No, they, 44 grand, bro. Wouldn't give me my money back. It was non refundable. I'm like,
0: so did they go not there? to fill
1: these two s- spots?
0: And they, did, they weren't there one day. They never walked in the classroom?
1: No, but they had gone to school there the previous season, my first year in Seattle. They went to school okay. there. And got so it, I got just got assumed, it. you know, they, so I paid tuition up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one, once that happened, Literally, I got released on Monday. I was in Baltimore Wednesday morning. Baltimore flew me out. I had uh, my house in Seattle, fully furnished, had paid the rent, uh, and it's just my cars were there. I had uh, somebody that was working for me at the time. They flew from their home to Seattle, packed all my stuff, sent it to California the stuff I needed, sent it to Baltimore, and. Yeah, that, pretty much that's how it works but if financially I had the means to do that if mm-hmm. you don't have the means to do that you in trouble
0: so if a team like just cuts you and uh, another team picks you up or if they don't pick you up what happens then
1: if you don't get picked up they're going to ask you where you want to go and you want to go you're in Cincinnati uh, I'm, I'm from Detroit okay, they'll fly you into Detroit I'm from LA they'll fly you in LA if you get picked up, that team will call you. And, you know, Cincinnati and you get picked up by the rounds, they'll just fly you straight to LA right away. And if you have a car or you have a house full of furniture, they'll say, okay, don't worry about it. They'll hire, but out your pocket, but they'll find a moving company to uh, get everything moved out and shipped to LA or wherever you want it.
0: Oh, see, I'm gonna I mean, tell
1: the NFL, them- uh, They do a good job, man. They do a good job for like, Helping you out with stuff like yeah. that. What you need? You need some help?
0: Well, nah, I'm saying if I'm on a team and I get cut uh, and nobody picks me up and be like, yeah, I was I was on my way to Prague. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a one way ticket to Rome, homie. Hey,
1: you get a free <laughs> vacation, huh?
0: <laughs> Watch. Did they, did they fly a new coach or first?
1: Nah, they, well, it, it depends on the team. Gonna oh no! Lie. I to say the,
0: the Bengals gonna be coach.
1: Oh, you gotta yeah, tell me Bengals. It depends oh. on the, like certain teams, man. Like when I well, when I was a free agent, man. You go to Seattle and I went to Minnesota, man. that's picking me up in private jets, bro. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, like they. Yeah, it's now. It just really depends on the team. It's
0: no, it's no secret. I have a very. Love. It's not a love-hate relationship with the Bengals front office. It's a more of a, it's a frustration. I feel like I can Tina Turner. Like I'm Tina, and they just beat me up. And you know, I went on a rant last year. Of, it was it was shocking to me because my publicist called, and said Gary's in town. He would like to come to a game, and the Bengals said no. And there was literally like eight thousand empty seats at the stadium, and I they sent this. They sent this long email explaining why they could not leave me tickets with revenue sharing and everything else. And I went, I do this all the time with other cities. And it's like every athlete, especially NFL players, they all know I'm a Bengals fan. Everybody knows. I mean, to the point where when Reggie Wayne left the Colts, I was like calling. him, like, yo, why don't you come to Cincy? <laughs> Just come on, bro. <laughs> I try to get Andre Johnson to Cincy. Like I'm the guy trying to get people there. And... uh, they, the front office treats me like I am a, I don't know, like I did something to him. And it's like, even this week, I saw Mike Epps, the, the Colts sent him like this draft package, like a draft hat and shirt. And Steve Harvey, the Browns sent him like the new jerseys and stuff. I'm like, Bengals ain't you nothing. man, let me tell you, let me tell you my love. Let me tell you my frustration with them. They still ask me to do stuff. Like a couple years ago, uh, Marvin's secretaries were roasting Marvin Lewis and they called me and said, Can you help us write jokes for the roast? And I said, Yeah. So I met with them a couple times and I just figured now I'm in. I got my ends. The secretary, the secretary's been there for like 35 years, one of them. And the Which other one. Was one, it Jamie
1: Jeanette or Sandy Shig?
0: Sandy. And okay. then, but the other one, the younger one, came and said hello to you at that, that game I saw yet with uh, Chad. Um, yeah, Jamie. That's Jamie. We were Jamie. in the suite. Jamie. So I called Jamie for uh, tickets to that game. And she said, long story short, she said no. And then basically there wasn't any tickets left available. And then I, I got my ways. So I got to the game. And then I saw you guys on the sidelines before the game. And you gotta come up to the suite, man, sit with us. All right, so I was literally, I don't know where my tickets was that game. So I'm in a suite with you, and her face dropped. You didn't see it when she came to say hello. Oh, sir, wow.
1: her face went. I wish went, you had said something to me. I wish you had <laughs> said something to me. I would have put her on blast because she my yeah. homie.
0: Yeah, she, I, I thought she, I thought she was cool. I, I'm not saying she's a bad person, but I was like, really? I was like,
1: and it has then nothing to do with her.
0: Right? She goes, well, we we don't have. Uh, Anything available for this wow. game, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right. So anyways, her face dropped, though, because I, I, when she saw me, I was like, ah, so, somehow there was an extra ticket. <laughs> and then uh, what, made it, what made it worse is when other teams, they know I'm a diehard fans. Literally other teams, like front office people, will, will call me.
1: Come like Se-
0: Seattle, oh, my God. They got a suite. Seattle Seahawks have a suite just for celebs and ex-players to, to, to hang out. So I've been to two Seahawks games. They treated me like, like I was uh, Chris Pratt. Like I was the diehard Seahawks fan. I was like, why is this happening? Atlanta took great care of me. Uh, I don't even want to get into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been trying to get me to cross over for years. The Steelers take such good care of me in Pittsburgh? I
1: don't, I don't know why. I, honestly, man. I don't know why the Bengals do that, man. But they're—it's a family-run business. But so so is the Steelers. So is Pittsburgh. Yeah. And it's i, I just—I don't know why they do that, man. I—I I don't even think they mean any harm. I don't think they know any better, man. And like, yeah. eventually, things are going to change. But it should be sooner than later. Like, if you're a guy that's out there, Bengals this, Bengals that, they should be calling you. Hey, do you need tickets to this weekend's game? No, I'm, I'm not in town. Like they, they should yeah. be calling you. So I don't, I don't get it. But now, I mean, now you gotta, you gotta call Joe Mixon or you gotta call Ross or whomever it may be. Kill Patrick, he's not there anymore. You just got, now you gotta call guys. That, hey, yeah. I But I, get I, tickets? To, and but I feel there. I don't,
0: but I know how it works with the players. I see, I'm not stupid. I know how the front office works. I know how it works with the players for tickets. And I know you guys a lot of times are coming out of pocket for tickets, and you don't get like an endless amount of tickets like some people think so I'm always like I don't try to bother the players too much so I was like I, that's, why I, that's why I started because I felt like I kept calling players and I was spacing them out like I'd call Dunlop for one game and then like Joe for one game like I'd space them out i go this is stupid I go I got a publicist I pay a publicist the NFL network calls me ESPN calls me Fox Sports call me to talk bingles I've never been asked to go on any sports talk if it wasn't Bingle talk Nobody's ever asked me, hey Gary, let's get your thoughts on LeBron or let's get your thoughts on Kawhi. It's always the Bengals. Good and bad if they're not doing good. And then so it just takes it, I don't know. It's frustrating me because I'm like, guys, I'm your guy.
1: <laughs> if I'm in your situation, the good thing about it though is social media, you can put their ass on blast right away. You should be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man, get a man some tickets. Like, Tuesday night. I'll, when I was playing, we used to look forward to Tuesday night. Like, oh, we get to go down to the comedy show in Newport on the levee, have some fun. Mm-hmm. Like You brought stuff to Cincinnati that we enjoyed that kind of was a getaway for us. I'm like, I don't Oh yeah, People don't
0: know what you're talking about. When I was in Cincy, when TJ was there, from like 2004 to 2007, I had the hottest Tuesday Bruh. night spot damn near in the country. Jeez. Because comedian, we had had Lil Rel on last week And he even said Yo, your Tuesday night room Was something else For like a three year run And what happened was I moved back to Cincinnati And I realized There's nothing to do here During the week really So I was like And I literally This is how I I, This is why I picked Tuesday I'm working on the weekends I wasn't going to do that And comedy clubs They bring people on the weekends So it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday It was I went down the funny bone And nothing was going on and I knew the players' day off was Tuesday. And I was like, yo, if the Bengals come, then the hoes come. If the hoes come, then more dudes come. It was all <laughs> in my brain. Works. Like, all right, so let me, let, me get the, let me go for the top dog. So I knew, I knew Reuben Patterson, who used to play uh, in the NBA for a long time. And I knew he knew Chad. So my first weekend out, I said, "Ruben, come out. Uh, bring Chad out and some other, and then Chad just kept coming every week, right? And then all the players start coming, and then remember uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Clemens. Yeah. What he once he start coming, he was the party guy. Yeah. Once he start coming, he started bringing all the young boys out, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that it looked like a Bengals game. The line. It was a whole team.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it, just the fans. It was everybody had their Bengals shit on. It was. <laughs> It was a man. That was my favorite year, probably. It, over 2015 was that 2005 season. That was my favorite year. And you guys had the Carson, squad that team.
1: God Carson dang. don't get hurt. We win a Super Bowl, man. Man. That he don't team. Get hurt, we it, we talked about that, man. Me and Carson was up together at the Super Bowl talking about, like, God, if this dude don't get hurt, we're going to win a Super Bowl. And you never know what happens moving forward, how the fortunes of the franchise, you just, you don't know. Because right.
0: you guys, normally the Steelers, and especially lately, they just got the Bengals' number. I don't know if they're in their head or what. But you guys, when you went up to Pittsburgh and beat them that game, and, uh, and that's when you took the towel and rubbed it on your shoe. <laughs> and you guys, we was talking so much shit to Steeler right. fans. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I, here's a funny story about that game. I almost got my ass kicked at that Steeler game because uh, <laughs> was
1: I was talking too much shit.
0: Here's the thing, I'm careful though. If I go to a game, I root for my team. I'm not going to put down the other team at okay. a real game, right? So I'm just literally, I'm just rooting for the Bengals. I'm not saying the Steelers suck. I'm not saying whatever. I'm just, when you guys do something good, I'm, I'm yelling, I'm screaming. And who was the guy from UCLA that ran the kickoff or pump back that game? Tab, Tab Perry. Tab Perry. When Tab Perry ran that game, I don't know if it was a punt or a kickoff. When he ran it back for a touchdown, I'm going fucking nuts, right? I got my one buddy with me. There's two yeah, was guys in bingo gear. Yeah, was a I
1: was returning punts.
0: Yeah. Oh, the kickoff? There was yeah. two guys in bingo gear, me and my boy. were surrounded by Steeler fans and I'm, I'm on my chair.
1: Yeah. We're about to pack y'all out.
0: TJ, <laughs> this dude literally looked at me and was like, hey, you stand up one more time. We're going to have some problems. And literally I went, I looked back and I got this I got this short haircut, right? I said, "Hey man, I just got back from my rack." I can't help, they're playing here. I just wanted to go to a game. The guy with the same anger went, I'm sorry.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> my, my boy was like, Yo, where'd you come up with that? I go, Shit, we ain't gonna get an ass kick now. They like me now. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm getting those, those Iron Horse or whatever beers in Pittsburgh hey, passed here you to me. Go. Here yeah, you appreciate go. you, man. <laughs> he was clapping for me. I got out of that shit situation. But it was funny because the dude with the same passion yelled, I'm sorry. We started one more time. We're gonna have some problems blah 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 i'm sorry. <laughs> sorry but that game that squad man that squad jesus christ man, that that
1: sucks man we, we had it to, but if you go back to that game though man it was carson gets hurt the first play of the game first play of the game whole game plan was we gonna hit him in the mouth early first play of the game bomb to chris henry rest in peace slim yeah carson gets hurt we're still winning at halftime, bro. I mean, yeah. 17 7, 17. We're still winning the game. Mm hmm. And then halftime came and they explode. Like, halftime Chad went off and it's the beginning of the end.
0: Yeah. And it's still, and you know, with Carson getting hurt, even if you win that game against the Steelers, it's a lot tougher to get to the Super Bowl oh, without tough. Carson. It's you tough. You know? But I was just like, man, that. That game broke my heart. It was funny because it's always the Steelers with us. Even and this is I that's why I asked you with Joe Burrow, and I always appreciate your opinion because it seems like you're like a Nostradamus. Because remember, I ran into the airport before the 2015 season, and I was talking to you, I had my little Asian buddy with me. And oh, yeah. he, was, yeah, yeah. he was telling me, he was like, yo, yeah. gee, they yeah. got a squad. and the first thing you said was, they stay healthy. They got some athletes. And I remember I was on a flight with my buddy, and I'm going, did you fucking hear what he said? <laughs> and then that 2015 team, same thing, Andy gets hurt. I went, God, against the Steelers. And then the Steelers beat us in the playoffs. And I went, yeah. I said, and people, people forget that the Steelers weren't supposed to be in the playoffs that year. It was supposed to be the Jets. And the Jets lost to the Bills the they last lost. week. Yes. And then that's how the Steelers got in. And as soon as I saw the Steelers in the playoffs, I went, we're done. And everybody's like, why? I go, because they're going to beat each other up. I said, if the Bengals beat the Steelers, somebody getting hurt and vice versa. I said, that was, that was, a, I, didn't, I hadn't seen hate like that between two teams like that. That Dude,
1: 2015 you, team. It's setting up right now. Ben is going to play a maximum of one to two years. I'll go out on a limb and say Joe Burrow will win a playoff game on his rookie contract for sure. If AJ can can stay healthy Mm -hmm. and they can draft a lineman today with this second pick, draft draft the best available offensive lineman, you got AJ, you got Tyler Boyd, you got Ross, you got CJ Azuma, you got Joe Mixon. You go across the entire NFL, you tell me who got skilled players like that. You tell me. Right, right. Nobody, nobody you got has that. They, nobody has that. And then you look at who they acquired in free agency, and you still got Geno, you still got Dunlap, you got Jesse Bates, they signed a safety from the Saints. The Bengals have a team right now, and, and Jonah Williams come back, first round pick last year, that didn't play. So if they mm-hmm. draft a lineman today, that can help them this year, they're going to be very competitive this year. And then next year and moving forward would Joe get more comfortable? Mm-hmm. Man, the only problem is after this year, AJ will be a free agent. Ross will technically be a free agent depending on what, what they do. You have to keep weapons uh, around Joe. You, you kind of have to do it like they did with Carson, with me and Chad. You got to have yeah. two receivers that he can throw the ball to. And that's going to get open if they can do that. Fortunes are going to turn, man. Like I'm going to go out on limb and say Joe will be that quarterback to uh, win a playoff game on his rookie deal.
0: I hope, man. I hope you're right. Oh, you said his okay. Wait a minute. You said his rookie deal. I thought you meant his rookie.
1: (laughs) Now. About the first four years. Yeah, the first four years. Now, if if things go like. You got to look at their division, man. That, that's the thing about the Bengals. You got to play Baltimore twice; they're gonna be good. Pittsburgh yeah. is always gonna be good, and then Cleveland might have more talent than the Steelers and the Ravens. And you got to play yeah. them twice, and, and so that division is, is not an easy. It's the hardest. It's the toughest division in football by far. The toughest division in football is the AFC North, and, and so it's not. If they can get through that, oh uh, man, it, it's gonna be a sight to see. But
0: yeah, you ain't lying.
1: It, it, it no, is. I'll I'm be calling. Man. <laughs> TJ, Yo, can I get tickets? No. I, I, <laughs> you go know, you gonna know, you know make me call up. It's crazy cuz all the people that I used to know uh they not there anymore either. Yeah. They I, they're all gone, all of them.
0: It's funny cuz if I if I like you said blast them on social media, if I bring it up, you got those fans that are like um you know, just buy tickets, you pre-Madonna, like everybody else. I said, you don't understand. Any city you go to, uh, if you go to Seattle, they got a different person raising that 12th man flag every game. You got a Pittsburgh. They got the cameras on whatever actor or actress or singer that, that reps Pittsburgh twirling that terrible towel. You go to Atlanta, you got every black rapper on the planet at the game. I mean, they, they, they you celebrate those people that... Um,
1: Rep, man, you, you Gary, go to Cleveland. Life, life ain't fair, man. Like you, you ain't you, lying. You. Like, life ain't life, fair. Life's good. good. I'm sorry. Look. Life's not fair. Sorry. Like I'm Gary Owen. Um, right. Walk around the stadium tickets. with me. Sorry. That's
0: funny. Hold on, TJ. When I'm on the, when I do get field passes in on sidelines, uh, see how many, see how many autographs and pictures I take. Like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Just frustrating, <laughs> man. It's whatever.
1: They, they, they gotta hook you up, man. I'm gonna uh, connect you with Joe. Hopefully, he can put that word in with you, man. Yeah,
0: the thing I like about Burrow, man, is he's just like an Ohio kid. He didn't go to like a Molar or X, some powerhouse. He went to, you know, some small small school in Athens, Ohio, and he reps Ohio. God dang, I love that. Anybody who reps Ohio is good with me. You know what I mean?
1: Joe D. Think about this, though. Ohio State technically had the first three guys drafted. Ain't that crazy, man? Crazy. Joe Burrell, Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, all guys that were at Ohio State. But that's another story. But uh, yeah. yeah, Joe is gonna be—he gonna be special, man. Like he—he he doesn't have the physical attribute. Like he doesn't have a big arm. But he's a really good athlete. He has a good arm. But he has the brain and the mentality that right there. Mm-hmm. His Valentine is not pumping Kool Aid. And that, yeah. that's the biggest thing that he has. You can't you can't teach what he has, and yeah, he gonna he gonna turn it around. I truly believe that.
0: Yeah, I hope. he's a coach's son. He's wired for this. You know what I mean? Yeah, he
1: he built for this. Yeah, he yeah. he's built for this. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good way to put it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Well, yeah. Get me on a group text with Joe. <laughs> I'm a,
1: no, no lie. I'm a, <laughs> that's I'm my as Soon as we soon as we hang up the phone, I'm gonna say, Joe Burrow, this Gary on, y'all meet each other, bing, just like that.
0: Yeah, and then say, Joe, Google me. <laughs> if you don't know who i am bro google homie google no, just he knows he knows yeah 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 all right man i don't want to hold you up too much i know you got fox sports one two three four five six you everywhere oh your um your
1: daughter's at lsu right yeah my my second daughter will head up there this fall she'll be a freshman my oldest one is there now
0: she's playing softball yeah and is your other daughter gonna play softball or she's just going
1: nah she's gonna play softball my second daughter Dang. We take it in a football rank, and she's the number 15th recruit in the country. For real? Yeah, number five, she's the number two shortstop in America.
0: DNA, man. Athletes breed athletes. Man, my kids are funny. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Uh, listen, I want to hold you up, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And, uh, yeah, it's always good to catch up, man. I'll see you next time in L.A.
1: Hey, G, love always, man. Appreciate you, brother.